If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. So when you get rejected, you're rejected on your role, not who you are. And salespeople take that rejection and they bring it over to their self-concept versus they didn't like your product, they didn't like this. And you start to love yourself less. And when that happens, you start to second guess everything. So salespeople are fragile when it comes to that, more so than anyone else, because we lose more than we win. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work a Valley podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. We're talking about one of my favorite topics. This is sales, of course, and I brought a legend in the field. We have Dave Matson joining us. And for those of you who aren't familiar, he is a best-selling author, sales and management thought leader, keynote speaker, and leader for the sales training seminars around the world. He is, in fact, the CEO president of Sandler Training. If you're not familiar with Sandler Training, they are the best global-based sales and management training organization. They have over 250 operating units in over 25 countries. Now, under his leadership, the company went out and recognized four times top 20 sales training companies by trainingindustry.com, nine times by Entrepreneur Magazine's Franchise 500 as a number one sales training company in the United States, has served on the board of directors since 95, owns the company now. But what we're going to focus on today is what does it take to scale your sales success? David has just authored the book, Scaling Sales Success, which talks about 16 principles for sales leaders, which is based on his experience, as well as seeing everybody having success in the field of sales and leadership. So we're going to talk about sales. How does it relate to leadership and how you can use these ideas in your own practice? Now, I would want to give one notice. If you're listening to this and you do not directly work in sales, you're still going to get massive value from this episode because you'll realize that sales is everywhere and you can definitely use these principles. Dave, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Now, for those who are familiar with me, know that I have this big passion around sales. I actually speak about how selling is an expression of love. You've went and on this journey of sales. You've done so many things around it. So I'd love to ask one of my favorite questions on the topic, which is what makes you love sales so much? 
as I said, it's, I'm introverted. So it, <laughs> what is it for me? It's actually, I have the ability to succeed or not. So for me, I think it's the ability for me to connect with another individual, which was not my normal thing, but to then problem solve. So I think a job of a salesperson is to create an atmosphere of trust where I can lower that buyer-seller dance that we have. Like, hey, if I ask you a question, you can't really respond because you think I'm going to use it against you. So we're doing this thing all day long. But if you have full transparency, call it full transparency selling, just put your cards on the table. And to me, that was always refreshing. So that's how I operate. And so when I had the ability to say, look, let's just, if I can lower that trust, right, increase that communication level, then maybe there's a relationship here. And if you're willing to share with me what your issues are, which sometimes you haven't even shared those with coworkers, right, because you don't want to be exposed like you have an issue, then to me, that's kind of special because I've learned something that probably very few people in your company knew. And therefore, then I can say, well, do I have the right product or service that would help you? And by the way, is there even an impact for us? And I think that self-discovery is almost like a doctor. A great salesperson is like a doctor. I'm not going to be able to help everybody. And I shouldn't just show up and throw up all my product knowledge, which is 100% ego. Hey, let me tell you how much I know. And by the way, you do that because you're also probably unwilling to have a business conversation. So if I'm talking about product all the time, I actually don't have to focus on you and your issues. I get to focus on me and my product. And I hope what I say connects a little bit. So to me, I think that if you just show up with a clean slate, ask questions, go on a journey like the doctor does. I mean, look, if you show up to a doctor tomorrow, they don't say, all right, hey, Jason, thanks for coming in today. Hey, before you tell me what your issue is, look at my diplomas. And these are all the tools that I use over here. And then I went to this school. Boy, am I smart. By the way, you're going to pay for that. And here's the deal did that. No, you know what they say? Hey, so why are you here today? Hey, tell me about this. And they start asking and asking. And you know, the more questions they ask, the more credibility they have. Versus, uh, don't tell me why you're here today. Here's a prescription. This is going to fix everything. Go ahead. Now, that would, that isn't that what salespeople do, right? Here's my product. I don't know what your issue is, but you're going to love this one. And I think, you know, if we could just take some of those life lessons and apply them here, life would be good. Huh. You know, this is so true. And it's actually a misconception that most people have for like when you're looking at top tier salespeople, you know, you read any book about sales, you look at everything that you teach also at Sandler is all about this whole idea of you have to listen, you got to understand the customer needs, understand if you're going to be serving them right. Yet, there's still a lot of people in the sales industry that, as you said, don't operate this way. Do you feel like every salesperson kind of needs to go through that stage where you sell from a place of ego and you're kind of insecure in the process, which makes you talk more and listen less? Is it kind of a graduating step or is it something that we just have as a misconception that we could bypass and evolve beyond? Well, it's probably both. I think the self-awareness meter may not come on until you've got your head kicked in for a while. And then you say, well, that's probably not the way to do it, but you're moderately successful. And that's what fools you. So when people come to me and say, well, I've got 25 years experience. No, that may be true. Or you have one year's experience 25 times. I'm just not sure which one it is, right? So I think if you have a good sales leader, I think sales leadership's the hardest job in any company because the majority of people going into that position 
probably came out of sales. They're good at what they did. And sales leadership has an opening and they say, who's going to do all that work? It must be me. It's the senior leader. I don't want to do that. So let me go find the top stud or the studette, and I'm going to make them my new sales manager. And that's what I do. I say, hey, uh, Frank, you just doing such a great job out there. What I'd like you to do now is to manage the team and replicate yourself. If we could have like 15 mini Franks, we would be awesome here. Go do your thing. Well, he's going to try to do the best, but he doesn't know. So if you think about what goes on, if your sales leader hasn't given you all of the things that we're talking about, you're just basically creating your own sense of reality. This is the way it works for me. I'm doing it. So when you get rejected, you're rejected on your role, not who you are. And salespeople take that rejection and they bring it over to their self-concept versus they didn't like your product. They didn't like this. And you start to love yourself less. And when that happens, you start to second guess everything. So salespeople are fragile when it comes to that, more so than anyone else, because again, we lose more than we win. And, and I think salespeople hate to be micromanaged. So when we're talking about creating process and this is the way we're doing things, it's correct. But if you're a sales manager who came from the sales world, you tend to allow people to do their own thing versus this is the way we do it here. You know, And if I use that analogy for a doctor, when I'm in the operating room, I probably would like everyone to know what everyone else is doing and follow the same process versus, hey, what are you? Oh, <laughs> wrong arm. Don't worry about it. We're going to do this one over here. I mean, it's just, it's no good. So I think from that perspective, but you have to coach, you have to train, you should be interviewing all the time. And most other parts of the organization, although they should be doing those things, they don't. And it's not as, does the accounting group recruit all the time? Does the accounting group set very clear expectations day one and then actually test out, like, let me hear your 30-second commercial. Let me coach to your 30-second commercial. No, that's not how they manage people. And I think sales leaders should be managing behavior, not the end result. Hey, everybody that listens to Superhumans at Work, know that all of these episodes are recorded with a live studio audience. Mindvalley members get a chance to join these sessions with the author themselves while we record these sessions. And at the end of every show, they actually get to participate in a Q&A session as well. If ever you're interested in joining Mindvalley All Access and become a member yourself, you'll get access to all the incredible courses from Mindvalley and so much more to be involved with Superhumans at Work, the Mindvalley podcast, and all the other incredible features when you become a member. We are disrupting the way that education works for the 21st century, and we want you to be a part of it. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman so you can learn more about this incredible offer, which will cost you less than $2 a day. That's mindvalley.com forward slash S-U-P-E-R-H-U-M-A-N. Here's the biggest mistake sales leaders make. They manage quota. Now, I know, here comes right, the chat's going to blow up. What do you mean? What do you mean you can't manage quota? That's not how we keep score? Yes. But if you had a $10 million quota for a minute, you can only manage what you can control. You don't know who's going to say yes or no to the 10 million. You don't know when that's going to happen. So what you do is you say, okay, well, I probably need 15 clients to get that, which means I probably need 100 presentations still out of your control. 
sales managers should make sure that their salespeople are behavioralists. So if you were to reverse engineer your sales process and say, in order to do that, wow, I need 20 outbound calls. I need two net new conversations a day. I need six LinkedIn letters to go out. I need four referrals. And if I do those things, whatever those things are for you, and we call it a recipe for success or a cookbook, if you think about it, then you will succeed. And I can tell you after 30 years that if you're on a cookbook, a behavioral plan, you will actually hit your financial goals one quarter ahead of time. Because think about what goes on for sales. We go find deals, we, we service them, or we say, huh, that's a lot of work. And then we feast or famine, feast or famine. Or I'm only focused on one or two products or services when I have nine. Why? Because it's the path of least resistance. But if I do a little bit each day versus I've got to make 100 cold calls a week. All right. Well, what happens if I miss Monday and Tuesday? And if, by the way, I'm very good at making excuses why I can't do those because I hate them. So now it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And do I say on Friday, I've got to bang out 100 calls today? No. You know what most humans do? All right, let's write off this week. I've already messed this up. Let's start fresh next week. Well, that's because the goal was humongous. But if I say, I just got to do 20 a day, I can fit that in. Then here's the other thing that happens. I do a little bit each day. And from my self-confidence perspective, I get to win every day because I did my behaviors. So I get to win. How do I win as a salesperson? I only win when I hear a yes. And that doesn't happen often enough. So my self-esteem gets bruised all the time. But if I'm not counting that, but I'm counting my own behaviors, because again, I don't know who's saying yes or who's saying no to those things. But if I know if I'm doing this every single day, that will happen. And now you've got to make sure that your ratios are right. And if it's not happening, then you can increase them. You could be the doctor, the scientist, say, I've got to do more activities here. But that is the greatest thing that an individual producer should do and a sales leader should do for their people is to create this cookbook. And sales leaders should have one too. How many people should I be coaching? And am I going to go on joint calls? And if I'm doing all of those things, my people will increase their effectiveness and efficiency. And so life is good. See, the sales managers, we make this mistake. We have time compression. There's not enough time in the day to do all these things. When I'm doing a boot camp, people say, Dave, awesome suggestion. Another suggestion that I have no time for. That's because we, we keep track of how long things take, but we never track how long we spend on cleaning up our messes. So if we would just do it right the first time, then we wouldn't have. If you were actually role-playing, like I'm a huge proponent of role-playing, if you would actually you know, do it right up here and get your talk tracks down or role-play or coach, then you wouldn't have to answer the same question 500 times from your salespeople every single month or week. So we complain about this, but really, <laughs> you should have done this for a tenth of the time and you would have the results that would last the lifetime. That's where we get messed up. Dave, I absolutely love this. And you know, for people that are at Mind Valley, we're very much into personal growth. And what I love about the role of somebody in sales role is that it's one of the biggest personal growth journeys you can be on. You're talking about people that want self-mastery need to have these daily habits. Now in your workplace, it's actually fueling you to have the right behaviors to be at your peak performance because your job requires it. 
And it's almost like the transformation that happens in your personal life almost leads to that success when you do it right as well, not just on the business level, but on other levels. That's why, you know, a lot of the salespeople that I know that are really crushing it, they seem to have, you know, great health and they seem to be doing things to be at a peak performance. It's almost like mm-hmm. you're drilling habits of great life in mm-hmm. the process. I wanted to squeeze one more thing here, Dave, because I know your new book talks about 16 principles. And I know we don't have time for people to go through this. So if, if this is resonating with you in the sales field is something that you're in, definitely pick up a copy of this book. But I'd be curious to ask you, we've touched on a few of them already in conversation, but do you have some of these rules that you find are closer to heart to you? Well, we can talk about maybe one that fits philosophically in here. I would say two things. One is explain the why. And that doesn't mean why we're going to work, like the purpose of why, like why am I doing this? But that aside, that's super important. But how many times as sales leaders do we give somebody a project or we delegate something and we say, look, this is what I need and here's when I need it by. Okay, but if we've hired, I don't care if you're sales or not, if we've hired talented people, we want their input. So why don't we say, this is what I need? And by the way, here's why I need it. This is why I'm asking you for it. This is the behind the scenes. And then, of course, here's when I need it. And when I find if you just do that little thing, which most people forget, then you may come to me with far more than I expected because you've now put your thoughts to it. Dave, you asked me about this, which is here it is. But the reason was because, you know, there's something over here that you didn't mention, but I want to give this to you as well. And it empowers you because it's demotivating for people to run around, keep doing things for us, and they don't know why they're doing them and they don't know where they fit into the picture. So I can harness the expertise. I can learn a lot more as a leader. I can make better decisions. So that's one. Another one real quickly is, hey, don't wimp out. What does that mean? I think there's a lot of things that we see that we know we should deal with. But hopefully, if I just don't look long enough, it'll go, oh, still there. Darn it. Oh, still there. And you know, hopefully, it'll go away. But it doesn't go away. And so everyone's looking and waiting for you to deal with certain issues. And the fact that you're not, you're losing respect of your team. You just don't know it. So I think if we could be courageous, and by the way, you don't have to be courageous all day long. I'm not. I'm courageous 10 minutes at a time, just five times a day. You have to deal with it. And if I were to do that and do it first thing in the morning, and again, get my talk tracks down in the evening, practice, My ears should hear what my mouth is going to say because that's always the angst. I get less anxiety if I would say it a couple of times. And by the way, the first time, it's horrific. So I should have high anxiety. I should fire myself, but I can't. So by by the third or fourth time, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with it. And then I get to do what I'm uncomfortable, which is to have this interaction. And we all have these. It's just human nature. And sometimes it's that I don't want to mess with the top producer. Or sometimes I don't want to manage up. Or, hey, I don't want to deal with X, but it's not going away. So I think that don't wimp out and just be courageous five minutes at a time. You can do it. And there's a bunch of tricks in the book that I've given you to get around that. Dave, this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for your time. I think these concepts are so applicable, even for those beyond sales, but you can see that in sales, there's even more nuance to it, but it's a fantastic thing that you'll definitely want to pick up. Go and grab Scaling Sales Success, 16 Key Principles for Sales Leaders with David Matson. We're going to put a link in the show notes for you to grab a copy. Now we're going to go for a live Q&A with our Valley members. So if you're not yet a member, definitely go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman to find out more. Thank you all superhumans for tuning in. And Dave, thank you so much for your time. This was a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope you'll be back soon. 
Once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Superhumans at Work. I'm very grateful for all of you who tune in on a regular basis, listening to these amazing interviews with these guests that I get to find. Now, if you're subscribed to the show, definitely leave us a review if you can and share it with friends so that we can spread the message and get more people to be able to learn of these fantastic ideas that they can bring in their everyday life. And these episodes, of course, are brought to you by Mindvalley. When you go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, you get to discover the transformational education that we get to deliver where we bring the best technology, the best teachers, and ensure that it teaches you what leads to a truly incredible life. Thanks again for tuning in and watching the show. And until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mindvalley podcast.